My name is Josh Fisher. I am playing Bolts, the engineer. You can find all of my work at oneuppodcast.com. I have a D&D podcast and a history podcast and a therapy podcast. So pick your poison. Hello, my name is Willow Wilson. I am playing the character known as Constance. And you can find me at Ensorcelled Pod, uh, RPG, Harry Potter-esque podcast. And uh, it's really cool. Check out Ensorcelled. Hi, my name's Ty. Um, I'm playing Gabriel Acosta, and you could find me at at the underscore Fierce King on Twitter. Hi, my name's Alexandria Bell. Um, I'm playing the kid, Eliza Harper, and you can find me on social media as Eliza Hammer, um, a professional wrestler for all your professional wrestling needs. There's a, there's a big old growling outside. There are some footsteps that are vibrating this whole garage. And the metal walls are kind of wobbling and shaking as those stomps are getting nearer and nearer. Uh, you guys figure that you have a few moments to figure out what you're going to do before you're going to have to do it. Well, uh... I, I I do think it might be time to uh, extricate ourselves from this uh, this year position. Uh, I I think that is the plan. Yes. Bolts, we need to get out of here. Yeah. At least on my I, part. I I agree completely. Constance, you you got the door right. This time I will get the door. Yes. It has not worked in the past, but I will do it this time. I'll I'll put the key in. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna start the engine. I open the door. Bolts just starts waving Constance over. Yeah, I, I run into the back of the truck. And who's in the front? Who's in the back? Uh, me and Constance are now in the back, and the kid and Bolts are in the front. All right, Bolts, I think you should try to just do it. Uh, All right. That's not bad. It's a seven plus one eight. You're getting off to a good start. Describe to me how everything started off really well. I think Bolts, he... he feels Constance jump in jump into the, the back of the, the vehicle, feels it shift a little, and then maybe in a, an abundance of uh, excitement to get out of here, he just uh, floors it and just steps on it and, and gets, a, gets a good initial boost of speed. But maybe, maybe that's just not enough to really uh, get us out of this situation. And I think that you, Bolts, uh, and kid there in the front seat think that things are going just fine. I mean, you're moving great. Constance and uh, Doc in the back, you notice that something did not quite go as planned. You're not sneaky in getting away. What is the thing that you see that Bolts does not? Is there a dinosaur behind us or something? They could also be maybe a chain stuck to the back of the truck we didn't notice, and essentially loud noise that is rattling the dinosaurs towards us. I think that there is a chain that was hooked up to the bumper that just nobody noticed. Uh, and with this very smooth takeoff, this pretty big long chain falls off the back and now is making a lot of noise as you drag it behind you. Some lightning flashes in the sky lights up and you see this massive head 
of a thing that can only be a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Looking over the tops of the buildings, being drawn to the chain that is being dragged behind your truck. I will try to detach it somehow. I would like to see if I can aid her. I think you're going to have to climb outside of the back of the truck to get to this thing. The truck is moving though, right? Yeah. Uh, and I will ask uh, the doctor to hold my legs as I lean over the side and, I don't know, just try to make it work. And I will follow I will follow instruction. Yeah, that sounds like a just do it, right? Uh, yep. Yeah, unfortunately, it does. Okay. Oh, no. Yeah, that's a four. Um, can I do a take my hand to prevent whatever bad thing's about to happen? <laughs> yeah, so w- the bad thing that's just about to happen is when Constance said, can you help me out here? You totally had hands on her ankles when the truck hit a pretty big pothole and both of you sort of bounced and she's starting to bounce away from you out the back. I think I'm going to go for fit. I think I'm just trying to react quickly and grab her before she's dinosaur chow. Okay. With my plus one to fit, I rolled a four. I'm not doing too well. Oh, no. We're going to separate the party. Eliza, you're pretty impressed with how well Bolts is driving here in in this storm. There's a lot of wind, uh, a lot of rain hitting the windshield now. Just feels like it's going to get harder and harder any time now. But you start to hear this something out the window, which is probably rolled up. But it sounds like Constance exclaiming in distress... I would just try to check the... Because there's side mirrors, right? There are not. No, there's no mirrors at no, all. No, there's okay. no mirrors. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Bolt, sir, um, I yeah, think there's something... Yeah, this, this, this is freaking fun, ain't it? It's, <laughs> like it's something. Out something. Of a, something out of a Buster Keaton movie. <laughs> yeah, but I think I heard something uh, wrong with Miss Constance. Uh, can I roll down the window to look? Yeah, 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 sure, yeah, yeah, do that. I'll, I'll, I'll keep us on the road. Okay. I roll down the window and stick my head out. Just hear a bunch of swearing in French. <laughs> yeah. This truck is going at a good speed, but really someone who knew how to run could probably catch up to it if they wanted to. So looking out the back, You see a giant dinosaur, pretty massive dinosaur sort of after you. And you can see Constance, from what you can see in the rain, she looks wet, she looks kind of muddy, and she is running after the truck. Like maybe she fell out somehow. Uh, Mr. Boltzer, um, I think you have to slow down because, um, Miss Constance is out of the truck, but also there's a dinosaur that's a lot bigger than the dinosaur earlier. Slow, slow down, Pooh. <laughs> We're getting away. Yeah, but Miss Constance, she's not in the truck. She's, she's trying to catch us. Wait. And the dinosaur she... is too. I felt her get in the truck. Are you sure? I'm sure. She's uh, running. All right. I'll, I'll slow it down just a little, just a little, and I'll ease off the gas slightly like maybe drop like three miles an hour so i need to make a fit check okay that's an eight for my fit i i get a a grip on the the truck but uh i don't know am i tangled in the chain or something as soon as you land inside the truck like you feel safe it's like oh good this worked but this dinosaur is still right behind 
and let's say that the the chain is just still there. Okay. Um, so it is still attracted to this noise, to this jangling uh, cacophony that is coming. By. Not that Liberty trucks are all that quiet anyway, but it is definitely still there. This time I'm going to grab the, any part of the chain that I can reach. And instead of like leaning over and trying to detach it, I'm going to try to smash it. See if I can break it. Break a link in it or something. If this chain does not come off at this point, this gigantic dinosaur is going to be on top of you very quickly. (laughs) I think we need to abandon the truck. Um, I'll shout to everyone. Do you think you can make it keep going while we run into the woods? Yeah, sure. Uh, Kid, kid, reach into my bag and uh, grab my hammer out of there. Okay, Mr. Bolts. Give him his, give him his hammer. And then I'm just gonna shout, "All right, everybody, on the count of three, jump out of the truck. One, two, three. And I'm gonna basically leave this hammer on the gas pedal as we exit the vehicle. I think this might be a hold on to your butt. Okay. Uh, for everybody. To see um, if you can not only get out of the truck, but also get out of the way really fast. So who jumps first? I'll do it. All right. Seems like a thing I would do. All right. What is your roll? Okay, good. It's plus fit. Okay, then that's that's a seven. Um, I jump out, do a little roll, perfect three-point landing out of the roll, and I do a few too many rolls. And it's exhausting. <laughs> Who's out next? Um, I'll jump right out the truck with Constance. Um, I run, um, I rolled a seven. Um, so much like Constance, I roll out. Uh, instead of doing too many rolls, um, I somehow turn over, and then I'm sliding down the rainy mud, I imagine, on my stomach backwards <laughs> towards the ground. <laughs> I got an 11. Yeah, so not only do you have your suitcase with you. (laughs) Um, It's funnier than it should be. But uh, tell us how this is like one of the most graceful moments of your life. I mean, really, I just picture, you know, tuck and roll, really tuck the chin, keep the limbs in, you know. I I figure I'd, I'd roll, kind of pop up to my feet, just walk away from the car at that point, you know. I'll learn to do it in the war. <laughs> <laughs> and Bolts, you're last. Uh, for Queen and Country... Oh, wait, I have a minus one, so that's a nine. Darn it. <laughs> this is basically working. Uh, tell us how you, you get away. Bolts learned a lot of things back in the war, and one of the things he learned was how to exit a vehicle properly. He did not learn how to exit a vehicle improperly. He kicks the door open sets the the hammer on the gas pedal and kind of goes goes to jump out and realizes he still forgot his bag grabs his bag real quick and and that slight delay is what is what causes him to overexert himself and he kind of tumbles out of the truck and just off onto the side of the road and is just a little little bruised but not injured you've all gotten out of the truck you you hide yourselves pretty quickly and pretty efficiently and the truck just keeps going 
And now that you're outside of it, you can hear how loud that chain was. That was a really loud chain. This dinosaur just stomps its way past you and uh, pretty quickly catches up to the truck, grabs the whole thing in its mouth, rips it off the ground, and flings it far, far, and then runs after it. Oh, I found a toy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you hear the truck just crash and and destroy a bunch of trees and uh, and this T-Rex is after it. It has been many years since I jumped out of a vehicle. I do not want to do that again. But this was the right choice. This is the first time I've done it. I don't want to do it again. Well, here you are in the rain and things start to quiet down a little bit as the, the stomps of the T-Rex sort of fade in the background. And the four of you have a moment to make a decision. What What is next? I think we were going to try to go to the mountain where this map says there is a laboratory. Yeah, the, do you still have the map? I, I hope so. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, have, I have the journal right here. Let's head there. Um, you see Doc tried to um, light a cigarette, but it's a, it's a bit too wet, the open pack, and the, the lighter's not taking to. Eliza, you see uh, Doc's inability to light his cigarette, and it occurs to you, you might have an umbrella in your luggage somewhere. Yes. Pull up my the... umbrella and I put it that... over him. <laughs> yes, I see that you still have your luggage that you have been toting around this whole time. Um, yeah. It, Remarkable. It was the whole reason I ended up here, because uh, I really, really cannot lose my suitcase. Um, it's got my toy dinosaur in it, so, you know. How fitting. <laughs> Once the umbrella goes over the head, over my head, I'm like, thank you, kid. And I finally get my lighter to light and the cigarette to take. And I just, I'm in two, in two inhales, that cigarette's gone. And I light another. I want to get off of this place. I don't want to be eaten by that giant ass dinosaur. Ideally, yes, I would like to not be eaten by that. The four of you take probably about an hour and a half to walk to the mountain. Yeah, this is, everyone's tired. <laughs> Everyone is wet. You passed by uh, the the crashed airplane and across this field, you did see those giant dinosaurs that we're just going to say dinosaurs now because that's what they all must be around here. It looks like over on the other side of the field, they're just having a, a fun time in the rain and they don't notice as you go by. You have heard some things off in the jungle, some loud things and some creepy things, but nobody seems to have noticed you. As you get closer to this mountain, the road widens a little bit. And on the side of the mountain, you can see two massive iron doors that might be three stories tall, that might be about as tall as a T-Rex, which you're only thinking because you just saw a T-Rex. And off to the side, there's a smaller path to a human-sized door. I mean, we will fit through both of them. <laughs> I was just about to say, which door do you want? <laughs> I would like to just move forward and open up the human side, a human-sized door. I want to be out of this rain, out of this cold. 
as you all move towards that door, you can see a third Liberty truck. That garage back at the encampment had room for three. This must be the third one. The door is not locked uh, to the mountain. Doc, as you open the door, what you see, an area where a number of people can sort of go in and wait, but there's a door not too far away on the other side. If you think of it in surgery terms, it might be like the sterilization room that you walk through on the way to the operating theater. Do I see any place to sit? There is a bench. I will sit down on the bench and say, we made it. And I start smoking another cigarette. Well, this uh, this does seem like a safe place to catch our breath and take a breather. That's for sure. So inside the room, you notice that the the opposing door, the only other door out of this little chamber, there's a large bar handle that doesn't move and the door doesn't open until the outside door is shut and locked. And then it seems like you can open this inside one. I think I would like to move on as quickly as I can. I do not like being trapped in small rooms. And if the door is open, I would like to know what is on the other side. After I uh, light the cigarette, put it in my mouth, and um, wring the water out of my hat, I will follow after Constance opens the door. Same. These are stone tunnels that looks like uh, were dug into this mountain. The tunnels themselves are not are not all that tall. They might be about seven feet. Along the top of the tunnels, it looks like someone has installed lights that offer a nice glow. It'd be challenging to read something in here, though you could probably do it. This tunnel goes on for little ways and then comes to a T-intersection, and there is a sign in front of you in German with an arrow pointing to the left and an arrow pointing to the right. I take out my German uh, dictionary and try to translate. It takes a moment. Does anyone want to do something in the in the three to five minutes that it takes her to flip through pages? I would like to just look around, but not much or anything else. I'm not going to touch anything. Mm-hmm. It sounds like down the tunnel to the right, you can hear voices. Human voices, I should say. I mean, I guess there's a truck out front, so that makes sense. Which way were the human voices? To the right. Then I translate the left one first. Okay. Submarine dock. And the one to the right says laboratory. Correct me if I'm wrong, but submarines are the boats that are under the water? Yeah, uh, we used to call them U-boats back in the war, but uh, yeah, submarine's a a more... uh, succinct name that's for sure oh it is a boat well kind of it, it goes under the, it's a boat that goes under the water and uh can get you pretty far how do you you know how does the water not get into the boat if it is ah, under the... hermetically sealed <laughs> never mind um <laughs> i am inclined to discover this submarine uh what do you think shouldn't we meet the other people that are here See if they can help. Maybe let us know what's happening on this island. Yeah, my mom could be in there because I bet she's been looking for me. I don't. I don't think that's where your mom is, kiddo. If your mom's in there, I'll stop smoking. But it doesn't hurt to try. Well, um, my mom did say that you should never smoke unless you're pregnant, because then it makes your baby smaller, and that's good. 
Sounds like 1930s metal. Yeah, that's it's 100% 1930s logic. I'm so sorry. I wasn't expecting <laughs> stunting your baby's growth of cigarettes today. So they were they were big into that in the 30s. Oh no, it's horrifying. Okay. Um, can we tell, like, what language is being spoken? Yeah. Now that you listen for it, you hear Russian. Sound sounds like it's Russian uh, over there. Could be our. Uh, people we came in on do we want to bring them along the submarine or just leave them here to die on an island full of dinosaurs well i do not want them to die but i do not want to talk to them so if one of you would like to do that you will do that me and the kid go right are you and boats go to the left and get that submarine ready sure okay yes kid let's go and See what's happening. Doc and Eliza off towards the laboratory, mm-hmm. and Constance and Bolts down towards the submarine. Uh, and it is down because this tunnel starts to loop. It's it slopes down and down and down. And although you have some nice little glowing light, uh, you can definitely feel yourselves going lower and lower. And there is a a curve that you you get to, and when you get around the corner, there is a body on the ground. Do we recognize the body? I'm gonna turn on my headlamp to mm-hmm. get a better look. Too. No, you do not recognize this man. Uh, he is wearing a white lab coat, and underneath it, bolts. You notice that he has some insignias on his shirt from uh, the German military. So we got Germans and we got Portuguese. How recent would you say is this body? You wouldn't say it's warm, warm, but it was warm not too long ago. Okay. And the, the four bullet holes in the chest are what made it start to lose its warmth. All right. Perhaps we should turn back and grab our... Uh, grab um, Eliza and uh, the doctor before they approach the other people if this may have been this this person may have been killed by them you know I I think you might be right there uh, Constance yes Uh, yeah and I'll click my my headlamp off and we'll run back towards our, our friends to try and hold them up Doc and Eliza You've turned down your hallway. This hallway also curves a little bit, though the distance that you're walking is uh, is much shorter than what the other two have just gone through. And you can see ahead of you that the hallway opens up. You don't have a good view of it yet, but the voices are getting louder. And the light is a little bit brighter. Before you make it around the corner, do you have a plan? Kid. I, yes, know, I know your parents probably never told you to lie, and I'm, ahead of, I'm not going to tell you to lie either. But just for the time being, let's not mention Miss Constance or Bolts being here as well. Okay. Um, okay. I'm going to pull out my, uh, my dinosaur toy so that I have a very clear um, image for these people about what we have seen. Tell me about this toy. It is a Triceratops. It is pretty small. 
I mean, about the size of my palm. It's pretty small, but not like a miniature toy. And it is my favorite toy. I take it everywhere with me. I've never gone anywhere without this Triceratops. It's made out of wood. <laughs> All right, you've got your Triceratops in one hand and your your su- your suitcase in the other. Ready to go. <laughs> so right where you are, you get the you get the impression that they're not expecting anybody. There's some movement. There's some shuffling around. Some um, some clunks. Some things being uh, physically moved about. You can hear uh, shuffling a paper. And a number of voices at this point. As I walk in with, I imagine, the kid at my side, I don't say much. I just walk in, light a cigarette, and take a deep drag and look around. Do I notice it's just the Russians from the beginning? Two of you get a good a good look at this room, which is huge. It looks like someone has carved out the center of this mountain. It goes up tall. It goes up not tall, because things don't go up tall. But it goes up very far. And at the top of... This, what must be a cave now, is all dark. So who knows how far it actually goes. But inside the room, it looks like the lab setup was all primarily here on this level. There are some pretty massive vats. There are three uh, massive glass pods. One of them has a partially grown Tyrannosaurus Rex in it floating in a in a, a sickly blue water there are three of the uh the russian soldiers that are here in this room one of them uh has a lot of blood all over his left arm the portuguese lady who brought you all onto the plane is across the room uh she is conferring with alois so they are probably the furthest from you the group of them seem to just be going through everything. They're going through filing cabinets. They're going through desks. They're looking for something. They've, they've torn the place apart. On the floor are three bodies, all wearing lab coats, and none of them are moving. Hung on the walls in here. These are symbols and insignias of the German military. These were not the ones that were used in the Great War. This is from a, uh, a subset of uh, German political extremists. Uh, just to clarify, the one of the Russians who have blood, is, is it their blood on them? Are they actively injured? He looks like he is not using his left arm. I'll walk in, um, I'll say in clear English, it looks like I got here just in time um, and start heading towards the injured soldier. I announced it loudly to everyone to make my presence known if they have not already noticed me. Yeah, everyone notices you. They all sort of turn. One of the Russians, like, instinctually, like, pulled up a a rifle and then, like, saw that it was you and put it back down and kind of, like, looked behind him for instructions. And so you have a a few moments here while everyone is kind of stunned that you've just walked in. I will point to the injured one and say, come here. And I put my bag down that I've carried with me. Despite it covered in mud, it is made of nice, good leather. And most of the inside is not wet. And I start taking out supplies. He looks around, then decides he doesn't care if someone gives him instructions or not. He walks right over to you and starts to, with his right hand, tries to pull up the sleeve on his left arm. 
I'll just, whatever is on it, I'll slide anything that's not my stuff, I'll slide off the table and just pat it for him to sit down and start rolling up the sleeve. And um, as I go through this, um, I'm going to start asking some questions. Um, Ma'am, what happened here? And I look, I kind of nod my head towards the three bodies. You're going to talk to... Um... The Portuguese now? I'm sorry, her yeah. name escaped I me. know, no, no one ever asked what her name was. That's, that's 1930s patriarchy <laughs> for you. <laughs> so you hear Alois say to her, uh, Farka, go talk to them. Uh, she walks over towards you. What's the situation here? Nod my head towards the three bodies on the floor as I start treating the gentleman before me. We were looking for shelter and they attacked us when we arrived. And you look around the room and she sort of like turns with her outstretched hand to all this strange scientific equipment. We don't know what they were working on, but uh, whatever it was, it goes against God's will. You can say that again. Um, We saw a complete one of those and I'll point with my um, free hand to the T-Rex, the half form T-Rex. We saw one of those, right kid? Yes, we did. Um, we saw a lot of dinosaurs, and uh, I think that's what they were working on. I'm not sure why you guys didn't know that, but there are dinosaurs here, like like this. You know, frantically, I feel motioning with my uh, my dinosaur toy. Like they live here, and they tried to hurt us. So, well, it is good that the two of you are safe. What about the others? That T-Rex was chasing us. We jumped out of car. Um, we, me, I was in the back. I found the kid and we headed over here because we saw it in a map that we found a little bit earlier today. You found a map? Yeah. It's mostly, it was mostly gone by the time we jumped out of a moving vehicle into rainy mud, but yeah. Well, it is good that you're here, uh. See if there's anything you can do for Radmir here. Well, I'll keep treating him. Then I'll ask, um, how did you guys find this place without a map? I suppose you went left and we went right. And this is what we found. You you help Radmir. She kind of looks at Eliza, looks around the room, and then motions for the guy with the cowboy hat, who still has his cowboy hat. <laughs> And he comes over and she says something to him in Russian. And then she walks back towards Alois. The The cowboy uh, opens up one of his uh, vest pockets and takes out a Hershey bar and hands it to you, Eliza, and smiles really big. Chocolate. Um, thank you, Mr. Cowboy, sir. He nods with a big smile and like kind of points to a chair. Chocolate. I would eat it. <laughs> See <laughs> <Yeah>. what happens. <laughs> Constance and Bolts, you could hear the Portuguese woman and Doc having a conversation, but no one knows that you are there. We no can one, hear no. that they are not currently hostile. It seems. Yeah, no one's gotten shot. Except for a lot of people. Yeah, relatively speaking. Bolts, if you if you you're gonna go into the room, I'm you you can. I'm just not gonna be the first one going in. It, it looks like everything's fine here. I think we can 
we can head back. I think we were just a little worried, a little spooked by that by that body. Let's let's head back and start looking at that submarine and see if we can't get it going. I don't know. I'm concerned about Eliza. She's got chocolate. Kids love that stuff, right? I do not recall. <laughs> I can go check on her. That's fine. Yeah, you you wait here. It's all good. I'll just happily wander into the room. <laughs> Doc, you see bolts uh and nobody else has seen him yet if i see him first no one else has seen him mm-hmm. i've treated his leg i know he cannot make a swift escape i kind of stand up and with surprise on my face and it's like, bolts you made it yeah yeah we uh came as as quickly as we could yeah everyone has sort of turned again towards the door People don't seem to be as surprised. Uh, the two of you had just walked in, and now here comes another one. So a little curious, perhaps, but Alois and Varga on the other side of the room sort of look up and then go back to the papers that they're conferring over. Go What's ahead. going on here? There's uh, something growing in a, in a glass jar over there. A bunch oh. of papers and stuff everywhere. What, what What's going on? I really wouldn't call that a jar, but yeah. The the one Russian on the table, Doc, has has pretty big bite marks all over his left arm. So that is what you're you're treating here. This might gotcha. be it's more like a what can you do now and get him to a hospital later, hopefully. Yeah, no, um in this situation it's just a what disinfectant I have, some alcohol bourbon alcohol, perhaps mm-hmm. bandages, and then a direct morphine shot to the arm. Yeah. Maybe just a little too much morphine. A CC too much. Uh, The other two Russians definitely looked up at Bolts and then just sort of went back to the filing cabinets and the desks that they were going through. Alois and Varga look like they're at a point where they're really pointing at things on these papers and shuffling them around and trying to put something together. They don't want to be distracted at this moment. Bolts, did Constance make it with you? Uh, Yeah, she's right over over there. I I peek into the doorway. I am... (laughs) a bit nervous and, you know, gripping my knife, eyes darting around, waiting for danger. Everyone is ignoring the both of you. I'll lean down and whisper to uh, to Doc, and I'll just say, well, if uh, if everything's good here, we, uh, we, we found a body back there. It looks like that's a pretty common occurrence around here. Yeah, uh, we found three. Yeah, it's not a so- contest. <laughs> she says she says from across the room yeah. <laughs> to our whispers um, but if uh if if it's all just a bunch of you know dead german soldiers i i, I guess that means we're not next uh, it looks like they were just killing the people running this place is that what i'm getting at they said they were the self-defense okay well i guess we'll, we'll head back to the the submarine and uh finish looking around and i'll start heading out of this room and none of these people notice eliza this chocolate bar is a little warm it's a little squishy having been out in the caribbean for most of the day but it tastes like chocolate (laughs) the uh the cowboy has uh sort of indicated that you should sit down in this very nice uh swivel chair which are not super common in the 1930s you definitely have like a few moments to to kind of eat this this very soft chocolate and kind of twirl around in this chair. When you notice that the this chair was actually set up against what looks like a computer console. There's some like little labels in some some other language. There's some dials, just a couple of flashing blinking things over there, green and red. Hmm. 
Am I able to use I know this to get an idea of what's going on? I think you just might. What is the skill that you have because you're a precocious kid? I know a lot about computers. My dad works on computers and has shown me a lot about various types of computers. See if you can figure this console out. I got an eight. As you sort of like uh, take a moment to look in this whole panel, I mean, maybe you don't know what all of these things do. Some of these dials are kind of strange, but they're, this one seems to be measuring temperature. This one's measuring something else. The ones over there seem to be off. There's a pretty big lever uh, on the wall that is up, which probably means closed. If you wanted to open it, you'd probably pull it down. I don't know if you know what that opens. Some buttons. Oh, you know what? You sort of look around the room. I bet these buttons would make liquids go into that thing, and maybe they would drain them from that thing. In general, these consoles control the laboratory equipment. And then there's, uh, oh, over near the big wall. Hey, look, that's the inside of those big double doors that are outside. So maybe something will open. Maybe something will close. There's also a button that is lightly blinking. It looks like a very gentle button. It was probably pressed quite a bit, but no one's pressed this button in a while. It looks lonely. I'm going to press the button. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to press the button. Mm -hmm. Very gentle button. button. You know what? It's probably a very helpful button because it turns on brighter lights. As the room lights up, it also lights up in the very dark ceiling that nobody could really see into before. But these giant searchlights suddenly illuminate the whole top of this this cave inside the mountain. It takes a moment because you look up and like, oh, that's actually kind of cool inside of this cave. I wonder why they put a whole bunch of lights up in there. And then things up in the ceiling start to move. And your first thought is, oh, bats. Oh, not bats. They start to make noises. They start to squeal. They start to call. There's a moment where you're like, I wonder if I can tell how many there are. No, no, I cannot. And many, many of them start to let go of the the stones that they had been uh, nesting on, hanging on to, and they start to swirl. Everybody can tell that this room is starting to fill with whatever this tiny dinosaur is that lives inside caves. Bolts, you were on your way out when the whole ceiling lit up. Bolts first, like, glances up real quick and starts seeing all this movement going on. And having been through a Triceratops attack, a bunch of other random dinosaurs, and then a T-Rex, he's not sticking around to, to look. He's bolting it down that hallway. Uh, roll plus fit to run. And I'm taking a minus one penalty to this because of the... You and uh, and Constance have a minus one to your next fit roll. As well as I do. Oh, yes. <laughs> so I rolled a three. Okay. But I already have a minus one and I have another minus one. So I rolled a one. Yeah. So you turn to run and you completely trip and you have sprained that ankle again. Ah. Doc... Bolts was already a little bit down the hallway when this whole thing started, so you don't quite see him from where you are. It looks like the soldier, Ratmir, you've just doped him up. 
and he looks like he wants to take a nap. I'm going to grab him and run if I can. I'm not going to let someone die in my watch. Try to yeah. carry him? Yeah. With a backpack? Yeah, but, I guess that makes the most sense to carry another fully grown man. <laughs> then, then let's hold on to your butt because you're relying on your sheer physicality and power to get through this. Let's go. I rolled a 10. You've got him up on your shoulders. You're trying to do like a fireman carry. That seems the easiest way to get him out of here. He is a lot heavier and you are a lot more tired. This is going to be much more difficult than you thought it would be. But you've got him and you start to make your way out. Constance. I would like to run as one would expect. Oh no. That is a six. How did running away go horribly wrong? I couldn't I, I couldn't fully commit to it because I need I I was concerned about Eliza and uh, my brain had turned around and my body had kept going and so I kind of just like twisted in on myself and just fell face down. It happened so quickly and it was so unexpected that you didn't get your hands up in time to protect your face and it feels like you might have busted your nose when you went face down on that one. And you have an injury. Okay. Oh no. Eliza. What buttons do you want to push now? Pull the lever, Crunk. I will. I will pull the lever. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even gonna remember that it was there, but <laughs> now I have, and I'm doing it. Some big lights start to flash, and there's a uh, kind of an alarm that starts to go off. You can hear the soldiers starting to fire up into the air, trying to fire at. Let's say hundreds at least. There's got to be millions of these things in the air by now. Uh, and you can see one of the giant glass vats over on the side starts to open up and the water starts to pour out onto the floor. And out of it falls a dinosaur that you haven't quite seen yet. Looks like it's maybe about as big as a human, like kind of like a tiny T-Rex. It kind of shakes its head. It's trying to find its way in this strange new world it was just birthed into. And it looks very cute for a moment. And then you see the size of its teeth, and it does not look very cute. I'll run. <laughs> Roll plus fit. Five. How did this go wrong? I mean, there's a theme going. Yeah. So I think, you know, I'd try to, to, to hoist my suitcase over my head to protect myself. And also, I you know kind of not be able to see and just fall fall right on my face and my head and my suitcase you hoist your suitcase up and accidentally just hit yourself in the face with it like you misjudged <laughs> the length of your arms you thought you had a clear way out of this room and suddenly you're on your back <laughs> looking up uh and seeing some stars in the back of your head is is a little sore so all of you hear rifles firing and you hear uh the the soldiers yelling Bolts, I think you're next. What is your plan to save the day? Let's see. I'm on the ground. I'm injured. I think my next best option actually is to try and roll somewhere in this room to hide. When you first think about hiding, a couple things come to mind. There are some desks that look like maybe you, if you go back into the room, you could climb under a desk. If you're staying in the hallway, maybe you could get back to that airlock that you came in. I think I'll just limp my way down the hallway and get to that airlock, actually. That sounds like a good idea. Roll hide, uh, plus clever. Uh, okay, that's an eight. So you're pretty sure you can get there in time. Constance is on the ground as well as you're as you're starting to limp 
past her. Can I take a second move and do take my hand? If you want to stop and help her, you can do that. And then that eight will be there when you get to the airlock. Yeah, let's let's do that. Let's maybe I just helped her up and kind of moved her like a little bit more down the hall. So that way she isn't as exposed. Or by helping me up, you can use me to support your bad side. So now we can you don't have any disadvantage or whatever for that for the time being. And we can just both go at the same pace. That would work as well. Let's go to the to Doc, who is coming around the corner uh, as Bolt is helping Constance up. I see them helping each other. If I have enough time to drop this man off at a submarine and come back, I'll help. I, I got to keep running at this point. Yes, I guess we would continue going toward the, the submarines. Yes. Okay. Run. Oh, no. That's a six. Constance, you and Bolts had this plan on how you were going to be able to walk together. And with a six, it doesn't seem to be working as planned. Why not? I cannot see because my, uh, uh, the blood from my nose is uh, getting in my eyes and I cannot quite see where I am going. You're kind of stuck there. <laughs> and uh, But hopefully, hopefully it'll clear up and you'll be okay here in a minute. Eliza, you're on the ground with uh with your luggage on top of your face probably what is your plan get back up and try to follow the adults really <laughs> yeah do you want to run uh yeah <laughs> jesus or <laughs> <laughs> the thought is pretty straightforward i'm gonna get up and i'm gonna run <laughs> you move the luggage off of your face and there is a dinosaur not too far from you, uh, this dinosaur is about to attack one of the uh, the Russian soldiers. And then it sees you on the floor. This dinosaur sees you and sees that you do not have a weapon and seems very interested in seeing if you taste good. So do you have an immediate response to that? <laughs> um, uh, uh... Do I still have my dinosaur toy? You do? Yeah, I think I'm going to use... Ah! <laughs> um, I mean, I think at this point, I'm just literally going like, this dinosaur is about to eat me! <laughs> ah! <laughs> and I think the three of you in the hallway all hear that and probably get uh, enough of a burst of energy... Uh, if whoever wants to respond, like as long as one of you responds, it's okay. But more than one of you can respond. Crap, I forgot the kid. And then I will, um, I guess I'll just turn around. I'm not even taking time to pause the, pause to drop the man I'm carrying and just go turn around and start running back. Constance also, um, just completely turns heel and, uh, runs to Eliza's aid. Face still covered in blood because I broke my nose. Bolts will uh, limp behind the rest of the group. <laughs> like He's not going to let a kid get eaten on his watch. Constance and Doc, the two of you get to turn the corner first, and you see this dinosaur that flopped out of the tank beginning to advance on Eliza, who is on the ground without many options on where to go. Doctor, uh, you grab Eliza. I will uh, distract the creature. Okay. How big is this creature? Um, probably about as big as you. 
We're in relatively close quarters, yes? It's a big open cave, but there's nowhere to go. I'm going to fight. Yeah? I'm going to fight the dinosaur. (laughs) Oh, this is ill-advised. Literally. Look, someone has to fought a dinosaur at one point in the series. (laughs) And you have a weapon, so... I do. I have have a knife and I have a sling. Describe how you how you begin your fight, and then we will roll to see how it ends. I uh, use my sling, launch it, try to go like right between the eyes to sort of daze the creature. And if if that works, I will um, knife, <laughs> stab, stab. So the sling goes, and it hits the this dinosaur right in the face. It's okay. it's right on. And then it sees you and comes towards you. So you are going to need to use this knife somehow. I run toward it, try to um, zigzag a little bit, try to get it, I don't know, a little dazed, a little bit um, unsteady. Try to catch it on on a, a side when its teeth are not in my face. Oh, I'll see how it goes. Roll plus one, because you have a knife. I'm afraid... Oh no! Two ones. Oh no! Um, can I inspire heroism if I'm reading it correctly? Her role becomes a a seven through nine. Uh, how are you inspiring her? Just by crying, I would think. I mean, just be like, "You came to save me, Miss Constance. I knew you would come." A couple of things have happened. Uh, Doc, I think you've gotten to Eliza, and you're able to help her out of here without a roll. Bolts, you've limped around the corner just as Constance and this Velociraptor are in close-quartered combat. Uh, Eliza screams out. Constance has a burst of energy. It looks like she has some kind of a chance to make it through, but only if you can help her right now. Yeah, I, I reach into my bag and I pull out the heaviest tool I have, which is a big old monkey wrench. I'm going to chuck it across the room at, at the dinosaur to maybe, you know, grab its attention by her precious moment. Would that be a look over there or would I be fighting at this point? <laughs> I think with your distance, it's a look over there. All right, that is a nine. Now, Constance, you get to pick one of these two. <laughs> You're either not injured or you injure the dinosaur, and the di- dinosaur also injures you. I would like to be uninjured, because I currently have an injury, and if I take a second, I will die. You are really close to this thing. You're feeling the breath. You're seeing the eyes blink, and the nostrils flare. And it suddenly is incredibly distracted, uh, and jerks its head away from you, and starts to move away. Uh, and as he starts to move away, both you can see that uh, you have distracted this thing towards one of the Russian soldiers. And so this thing is now advancing towards the back of this soldier who doesn't see it. Bolts is going to see that the kid is safe. That's kind of that. That was the whole impetus for running back here. Uh, and uh, he's going to turn tail and, and start running back down the hallway again, seeing that hoping that people will uh, still be behind him. Doc, you've helped Eliza out. This soldier is still unconscious. So I have him on my back. The kids in front of me were running. Uh, like, I'm probably getting tired after running back and forth and trying, yeah, but 
I'm gonna do my best to run and um, get power forward. Constance. I would like to try to notify the soldier who is unaware of the dinosaur currently approaching. It's it's coming for you. <laughs> Turn around, run. And then I'm just gonna run. And you did see the soldier turn slightly and see the dinosaur and then refocus his attention on this approaching velociraptor. I run off. Yeah. Roll plus fit. Oh, finally, a good roll. Um, that is a uh, 11. You are ready now. This whole this whole face-to-face breathing the breath of a dinosaur thing has energized you. And you can make it down this hallway. Eliza. Run. Hopefully. Okay, I got an 11. <laughs> Third time's the charm. Yeah. <laughs> the four of you are able to get down, 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 down this ramp. Even though there were a few of those strange, bizarre bat dinosaurs flying around initially, they opted to stay with the rest of their their families up there. And eventually, you can't really hear the screams anymore. So that's probably good. You arrive at this submarine, which is a a six-person sub, so you have a little bit of extra room with this unconscious soldier. Bolts, just give me a jury rig to see if you know how to get this thing off this island. Hey, that's a 12 on the board. That's a 14. Excellent. Why do you know submarines so well? In, In the war, I hung out with all the engineers at the mess and we would talk design all all day till till the cows came home and uh after a while you know usually airplane folk and submarine folk don't get along too well but but we had a good camaraderie and and we just uh we swapped notes quite a bit i may or may not have uh been given a a sneak preview and been allowed to pilot an old uh u-boat but i cannot confirm or deny whether that happened Well, the four of you have successfully escaped Dino Island, and each of you can have a moment, uh, because you told a a good number of stories on this island, to essentially give us your epilogue. And each of you can talk about something good that happened to you because of this experience. I get reunited with my parents. (laughs) I've still got my... uh... My dinosaur toy, you know, which I tried to explain to my uh, mother that I had to get my dinosaur toy. So I went with a bunch of adults to an island, met dinosaurs, and now I'm back. (laughs) My parents do not believe that there were dinosaurs on the island, um, but are very happy to have me home. (laughs) And uh, that's about it. Bolts, uh, Bolts started his own aviation company and advanced the field of aviation for years to come. He eventually helped build and design the B-29 Super Fortress bomber that they used in World War II. And, uh, yeah, that's how Bolts' story goes. After all of that nonsense, I tracked down my mother... Very briefly, told her that I was alive and please do not send people after me. Love you. And then I went back to 
the wilds and I lived my life just not seeing people and it was great. I go back to the hospital and every day that I work a 13-hour shift or with very few breaks and even less cigarette breaks, I'm just thankful at the end of the day that I'm not being chased by a T-Rex. I know what exhaustion and fear feels like and the turmoil of a hospital is unfortunately, not unfortunately, but just matter-of-factly nowhere near that intensity. I'm sticking to what I'm good with and I think I'm happy with that.